0: And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of D Gerv and Vic Mo. I'm Ricky Hampson, along with former NBA players, Derek Durbin and Paul Mokeski. And fellas, we, we got a legend in the house tonight. We <laughs> oh, had some man. legends on this show. Yeah, we
1: have. Yeah, but we this have. This
0: young man stands right there with all of them, and he chronicled so many of them during this illustrious <laughs> career as a uh, sports columnist, uh, basketball insider, the one and only Mr. Peter Vesey. Peter, welcome. It's an honor and pleasure to have you on, brother.
2: Thank you. Glad glad to be here.
1: Thanks for asking me. Yeah, a lot of us old NBA guys thought Peter had, like, microphones or something set up in the locker room (laughs) to get all his scoops he got back in the day. I wish. I wish. (laughs) It it was. It was a different, different time, though. I mean, you know, everybody traveled together, and you stayed
2: overnight in the hotel, and hung out in the lobby or whatever. You know, it's just different time. Isn't Isn't that the truth, though? That was that was the uh, the best of times. I I've said it before on these kind of podcasts. Is I feel bad for not really, but I feel bad for uh, the the media today. They don't get to experience what. We were, you know, we, we we got on a regular basis, you know, like you just said, staying overnight because there weren't any charters. And so uh, you traveled with the team on commercial on the same airline if you if you were covering the team or and then you, you know, on the on the bus with them and in the hotel with them. I, I remember uh, I was on the Nick bus. Uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but Hubie Brown was coaching the Knicks. And I was on the team bus. We were going to the airport after a game, and um, Rory Sparrow got on the bus. He got on. He looked at me, and he he says, "Man, what are you what are you doing on this bus? You know, like, <laughs> why why are you on this bus?" <laughs> And I said, "Rory, I said I'll be here. I was here before you were playing for the Knicks, and I'll be here after <laughs> you were playing with the Knicks." And uh, I was wrong <laughs> because, yeah, because I don't know if he—I don't know if he outlasted me, but you know, things changed abruptly, and and then suddenly we were uh, we were ostracized, basically.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean. You know, then we'd stay overnight and, and we'd go down to the lobby bar and have a beer or whatever. And, you know, I remember Tom Inland in Milwaukee. And, you know, we just say, hey, you know, from now, this is off the record. And and it was, you know, that was just there's trust between everybody. Now everybody everybody has a phone with a camera and a video and everything. You can't, you know, everything is is recorded now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um- I don't really want to knock the media, but Tom <laughs> stole a lot of my stuff from my column. So he, he he could afford to tell you off the record because he was taking it from my column. I, I really, I really resented that, you know, it was a different time in those days. You didn't, you weren't able to go online and, and read stuff. Uh, you know, you'd pick up a newspaper, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to find the newspaper in a sand somewhere and, and, uh, so a lot of my stuff during the week would end up in his notes column on Sunday, and he wasn't the only one. There, there were a, a number of guys, media guys throughout the league, that would do that, and I would call them out for it. I, I, I did not take that kindly. <laughs> should,
0: should
3: I start calling people out tonight, Peter? Uh, Jalen Rose, you hear me? Stay off my page, man.
2: There you go. Yeah, go right
3: ahead. Go on. What, what does he do?
2: What is Jalen doing?
3: Y'all always do? seems like every time I make have a scoop or something, and I talk about it on our show, a few days later, Jalen comes out with the same thing. And I don't know. I know we both Detroiters, but it's just a big coincidence. It happens quite often. Yeah, you know, it, it it's funny though. Even if you would call him out,
2: you know, even if it's true, you know, it doesn't stop. You know, what are you going to do? Uh right you can't do anything you can embarrass them i you know i would embarrass guys i really would there was a guy in chicago i can't even remember his name but i embarrassed him and a few times i went up and said man what are you doing you know like verbatim you're just stealing stealing stuff right out of my column what is that Hmm. um i I don't think he stopped though (laughs) (laughs) you know it's up to the editors. in the media in the media it's up to the editors to kind of you know watch out for that stuff but the editors today they don't they don't care you know today is even then they didn't care but but today it's uh you know everybody wants to be first uh and you can hold you can catch them on that you know minutes minutes mean a lot today um but that doesn't mean that they were
0: right (laughs) you
2: know (laughs) they might have been first but that didn't mean they were correct
0: (laughs) yeah and, and i know exactly what you mean uh peter uh, I was covered in the NFL. It was the same doggone What You cultivate these sources. You cultivate these relationships. You write it, and everybody else had it in their Sunday notes column. Uh, I mean, that happened yeah. consistently uh, back in the day before the internet in the 80s and, and, and 90s. Hey, hey, but Peter, I, I was reading uh, Dr. Jay's uh, uh, autobiography, and he talked about you and some of your in a team you had in the in the Rucker League back in the day. So wait a minute, this
2: surprises you. You don't, you're not up you're not up on no, that. I no,
0: I yeah, <laughs> I, I I know your story on, on that, but could you tell our viewers about that whole time with you playing ball in the Rucker League and and just the legacy of that whole thing? It was like a phenomenon that was taking place. Uh, in New
2: York City back in the day. Yeah, I mean the the Rucker Park has become you know the place to be talked about and and uh, you know what happened back when and now they're trying to you know have events there that that uh, you know celebrate what happened back then. But I came in in 1971 uh, with, with a team. And Julius Irving played for my first team. It was his first year out of uh, U- University of Massachusetts, and I had written a couple stories about him when he was in school. One was right before he played against Marquette in the NIT, and uh, so so we had a little relationship going. And then a, a friend of his who who uh, who played at Hofstra, um, and, and I played at Hofstra for for a while, and then I I quit and became a a uh, full-time worker. I, I never finished school, but anyway, he recruited Julius to my team. And, um, and, and I, I, recruited a whole bunch of ABA guys. I was covering the ABA. I was covering the nets at that time and the ABA. And I got, you know, a bunch of really good players. Um, we, we were in it to win it. Um, we had Charlie Scott. Um, we had Billy Paul, Solly Taylor, <laughs> you know, Manny Leakes, Joe Dupree. We had, we had a lot of, a lot of really good, really good nets and Virginia squires. And, and, and that was the start of, of my time up in Harlem. Um, I'd never been to that, to Rucker Park until I showed up that summer day in June. Um, the About, I don't know how many months earlier, but right across the street, which is, which is, uh, uh, the Polo Ground projects, where the Polo Grounds, where the Giants played back in the day, and then the Mets played there. They they made they made a uh, development there. Two two policemen were were assassinated there. Uh, uh, you know, months months before that I showed up. So it wasn't a time to be uh, you know to 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 think that you could go up to Harlem and be safe. But uh, in in six years, six summers that I spent up there, I never had one. A single incident with anybody, uh, whether it was in the park or going off into Harlem, you know, for dinner afterward or, you know, or going on dates afterward in Harlem. I never had a problem. But those were dangerous days uh, in 1971.
1: Not much has changed. Two cops were assassinated in Raleigh a couple of nights ago. It's uh, it's scary, really scary. Both my sons have been in law enforcement and. We've got them off the street and they're moved up, but it's scary times now.
2: Yeah. Well, the world, the whole world is scary. That That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that Rucker, you know, my Rucker experience was, uh, you know, to this day, I have a I'm in an apartment where I live now and I, I have a whole wall dedicated to to uh, Rucker Park. You know, I've got some great photos up there signed by. You know, Julius or signed by Tiny Archibald or, you know, just got one of my favorite pictures of me, me with those guys with with Julius and uh, and and the guys I just mentioned, you know, kneeling down in front of them because I I played sporadically. Uh, (laughs) I I was the coach and I was the organizer. So I I only put myself in when when the game was out of hand one way or the other. And, um, you know, I had had some moments up there. My, my, best, my best moment was uh, we had to play indoors one day because it was raining. Um, kind of like what's going on at Yankee Stadium tonight, yeah. right? Um, do you think they should have put a dome on that Yankee Stadium when they put it up? I mean, what were they thinking about? Anyway, so, so we had to play indoors and uh, only about seven guys showed up, excluding me and my assistant coach, uh, <laughs> Coach Purcell. So we had to play a lot in that game. And I, I ended up guarding uh, Earl Manigault, the GOAT, for about half a game. Oh. <laughs> and um, that, that, was, that was a highlight for me. You know, I kept, I kept, he and I became very good friends. And I kept, I kept saying to him, you know, Earl, just, just don't dunk on me. You know, I, that's, all, <laughs> that's all I'm asking. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, I mean, they, they wound up beating us. Julius had, I swear, he had like 68 points. And, uh, but they had, you know, they had a guy named Cliff Anderson who played for the Lakers. They had a bunch of globetrotters on the team. They had Manacol. They they beat us by a few points. And in that game, one of the highlights of my my playing career was I'm on the break and I look off a defender and I got the ball and I give Julius a pass and he dunks. <laughs> and and it was like I dunked. I mean, I never dunked in my life. I, I <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm mad about it to this day. I just never got, was right on the rim, but I couldn't do it. So him dunking, it was like me dunking. I was like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> w- what a thrill that was.
0: <laughs> I, I'm sure back then he had the big fro flying in the air. Yeah, so not was- so much. Not so much. No. Oh, okay.
2: He okay. wasn't like Darnell Hillman or Artis Gilmore or someone.
3: <laughs> Peter, I got a question for you. It was kind of off the subject of the Rucker Park. When did you. I know a lot of people are interested. When did you know you have made it? Because uh, I kept up with you. I've kept up with you for years. But what was your highlight moment when you know that you knew that I have arrived?
2: I, You know, I never. That's a great question. I never, never, ever thought about that. When I arrived every day, every day I, I was competing against myself, you know, as far as keeping on on top of what was going on in the league and. You know, in retrospect, I look back and I and I learned things about certain players or coaches or, or whatever. And uh, I wish I wish that I had known stuff like that. I, I wish I had known them better so I could have found out the stuff that they were now talking about. Kwame, Kwame Brown is, is a perfect example. You know, you, you listen to him speak. I mean, this guy, this guy is smart you know he really he's got it together i wish i never spoke to him once i never went near him i never i never badmouthed him or anything cuz i always i always felt i i listened to the players what they what they say i don't listen to the media and i don't listen to coaches either but but um <laughs> the players know and they always yeah. told me the guy was a really good defender he would set great picks and and so okay So I'm going to knock him because the Bullets drafted him, Wizards or whatever they were, drafted him number one. And he didn't turn out the way, you know, Jordan expected him or Doug Collins expected. Anyway, I wish I had known him to speak to him and find out about him. But my point is, is that every day that I was covering the NBA or, or in the ABA, I was looking for the scoop. I was looking for what was going on behind the screens as as i used to say on tnt that was the name of my little my little bit on tnt behind the screens and so i missed a lot i missed a lot of um private you know private stuff that you know who knows if they would have talked about it if i had asked the right question maybe they would um but I, there were a lot of guys like kwame i wish i had zeroed in on i know i didn't answer your question but you yeah. <laughs> did <laughs> Mo, I don't think uh, yeah, Paul. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you and I ever spoke when you were you, you were in the league. Correct? Uh,
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know what.
2: You would know you would know yeah, if I yeah I certainly yeah, you,
1: yeah, you were always by someone else's locker, not mine, I mean. yeah, yeah no,
2: but <laughs> no it's it, it it's true though, because um again, you know, I'm looking for the biggest stories, you know, no mm-hmm. offense, but I, I remember Kevin Johnson telling me we went out to eat one day i I've been hanging out in Phoenix uh, most of my adult life, and uh he and I went out after a game when he was playing, and uh. He asked me a question. He said, "How come how come you never talk to the guys on the bench? How come how come you don't go down there and find cuz he said they know what's going on. They're watching the game. They're they really they've got really good perceptions of what's going on." And and he was abs- he was absolutely correct. I tried to do it more often after he brought that to my attention, but I didn't do that kind of stuff. Now I would hang out with guys you know, that were, were subs and stuff. I mean, again, back, I'm sure the, uh, the writers today, they do not hang out with players. Um, And I, I made that a, I mean, I hung out with everybody. I really did. And uh, you know, so if I, if I wind up writing, finishing my book or maybe, you know, many books that I could write, if I decide to out people, Players and stuff. I'm going to have to out myself because I was there, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, and, and, you know, to answer like, you know, everyone wants to read the spectacular and know about the spectacular and, and you know, the big time people. And really, uh, you know, coming down to talk to someone at the end of the bench, that's just kind of, you know, trying to stay on the team most of us wouldn't have said anything because we're trying to work. We're you know, we're, t- we're working for our jobs, you know? So, whereas. So con-
2: so- I don't mean, Paul, I don't mean controversial stuff. And, yeah. and Kevin didn't either. He just, he just said, you know, they have a perception of the game, mm-hmm. you know, what, mm-hmm. what they, thing, why things happen, why things didn't happen. It had nothing to do mm-hmm. with outing anybody or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. No. And uh, look, who makes the best coaches, not, not the
1: superstars. Correct.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I've been coaching for 20 years and, and, at every level and, and I agree because uh, you know, the, the superstars expect everybody to be able to do what they can do and they can't. And uh, you know, I, I, I learned more, you know, in practice and, and at the end when I started to get in, like Don Nelson would bring me in coaches meetings for playoffs and stuff. And oh, really, yeah. And and have insight of uh, you know, and I suggested uh, when I was with Dallas, uh, I, I said, you know, we break down we're going to play the Spurs or whoever that we're going to play. And we break down all the individuals and we get all the stats and every, all the stuff. You need to talk to the guys that are going to be guarding those guys. And, and I and I suggest let's do it. Let's have the guards talk about what they want to do. The bigs talk about what they want to do. Come together and share that because that's how you figure out how to guard, pick, and roll or double teams or whatever, uh, because, the, you know, the players can figure that stuff out, uh, and Nellie was open to that. I mean, I remember the first shoot-arounds in Milwaukee where, you know, I was surprised because Nellie was, at, you know, Sidney Monk, or, you know, I don't know, I don't, you got a guard, you know, Bird coming off the pick. What do you want to do, you know, le- and then we'll work from that,
2: you know. Oh, so that's I, great. That, that's great, Paul. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, really
1: that's how I learned the game. And, uh, you know, yeah. and that also puts responsibility on you as a player. You don't just look at the board and have the coach tell you. You have input, so you have responsibility and you have accountability. Uh, you, know, to, you know, he would always say, okay, Sid, or, or Press, or or whoever, we're going to do it your way, you know, but my way is the backup just in case it doesn't work, you know?
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah, I remember uh, Dandridge, I did a podcast with him recently and he was talking about how uh, Costello, his coach in Milwaukee, how he helped him as a, a young player because he had done everything before as a player. So he could teach him the nuances that he had, you know, that Bob had no idea about, but you had to be a player to be able to, to, to convey that, to teach it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a great idea.
1: I mean, I, I, I use all, all those techniques I learned in my coaching career. And, you know, one of the other things is, you know, most, most coaching staffs, you know, they have the scouting report and they give it to the players and they give the personnel and all that stuff. Uh, Nellie used to make us answer questions before the game, you know, rather than, uh, okay, uh, Paul, Mo, you're going to be guarding uh, cream or whatever, you know, you know, what does he do? Was he like? You know, that's an easy one, but, you know, likes go. that made you because I was scared not to know what I'm supposed to know, because I'm going right. to be called out. It's like it's like a teacher calling out someone in a classroom. You know, right. you, you got to know. And I use that, uh, you know, for 20 years in coaching.
2: Right. And it, and it keeps your mind active. So so you, not only accountability and responsibility, <sighs> but you're actively involved. And and you've got some pride, too. You've got you know, you've got some input.
3: So, yeah, so you've got more invested.
0: I like that a lot. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Hey, hey Pete. Oh, go ahead, Derek. You're going to ask. No, I was going
3: to just ask Peter. I wanted to get into Golden State. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about this Draymond incident and see if Peter was familiar with the Warriors and where he thinks they go from here uh, after a little dissension. Peter, yeah. have you kept up with the Warriors, the Draymond situation? No, of course, of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not staying up
2: on the league. like sort of I
3: How do you think that affects them this season going in though? Cause I say it affects them uh, later on down the line. Some people might not see it right now. I
2: don't, I don't think it affects them right now. I agree with you. Um, you know, all the, all the uh, apologies have been made to the, to the right people and, and, and all that stuff, Uh but I think, you know, in trying to analyze it, uh, if I w- were writing about it, I-, I I think the fact that they didn't suspend him, which I think was ludicrous, yep. um, I think uh, two two things. I think one is that I think it'll allow them to start trying to trade him, that he'll be on the block immediately. And uh, so, you know, this is get it over with quickly. You know, we're, we have no problems here. And then they're calling around, hey, would you, would you like Draymond Green? Because they do have other players, younger players who can fit right in there and, and, and are probably better than him right now. Number two is, you know, the fact that he got up there and talked about you know, the hurt that he was feeling, you know, he hurt somebody because he was hurt. That was, that was his quote, basically. Right. Yes. That the fact that he did that and he has the same agent as Ben Simmons, <laughs> who pulled these stuff about, you know, I have a I have mental health problems. To me, that was that was a signal that he was he, he was giving everybody that, hey. You know, you suspend me and all of a sudden I'm going to have health problems. So he did say he had mental, he did did say it. So I just think that they didn't want to get into that with him, suspend them. And now we're going to take it to court or whatever. Hey, you're going to suspend somebody who's got a mental, you know, mental problems who's having, you know, whatever. I, those, those are my two things that I would think about. And, and, you know, my, my third thing is, is that pool You know, obviously, you you know, you don't he 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 pushed him, pushed him because he got into his face. I get that and all that. But I also when it happened immediately, you know, I I, of course, you know, we'll get into how many times this has happened before. Right. Even even a small guy versus a big guy, you know, before. But. You know, he, he was he was a bit of an asshole in the playoffs last year when, when Memphis when he was getting he was getting into it with those Memphis players. And he, he was doing stuff on the court that I did not like. I thought he was being very disrespectful and, and antagonizing. And so, you know, Draymond's talked about what a what a big mouth the kid's got, you know, that he's, he's kind of put him under his wing. Well, that that ain't good.
1: Uh, you know. yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean the, the one thing, <laughs> the other thing that bothered <laughs> the other, yeah exactly the other thing that bothered me about Draymond's apology was he kept bringing up you know there's no audio on that video and they cut it without the audio on there, you know, and to me that's beside the point. I I mean and
2: absolutely and, yeah.
1: and you know you can go in the, you know fights and practice and all that that happens. But And I've been in a few, but I'm telling you, the punch he threw and buckled that kid's knees, that's not normal in practice. You, you get guys squaring up and throwing some punches, and, but that was not normal. And uh, I, I, think, uh, I, I think you're right uh, about uh, them looking for a place to, to put him. And, uh, and it, it come, it's, to fru- uh, it's true right now, right, the fact that they extended Poole and Wiggins. And not him. So there. I mean, the writing's on the wall, in my my opinion.
2: Yeah. He unfortunate. I mean, unfortunately for the Warriors is that he's got a he's got an option that's his own next year. So if they trade him, he still has that option. Yeah. Um, That that was a that was a punch. You know, remindful of uh, Kermit hitting Kermit Washington. Exactly. I mean, you know, different circumstances, obviously, and that's that's in a game, and these are teammates. But I could go I could go to a few, you know, right away that, uh, you know, people don't think about. But I remember when John Long punched Scott Skiles in practice and and knocked him cold Mm. and he retired. He retired. I mean, they they came into New York the next day. And uh, so I think he was out like a week and before they could talk him into coming back. And Isaiah, Isaiah broke his hand hitting Lambeer. Lambeer, yeah. So I mean, there's a there's a yeah. lot of instances that I could come up with about teammates getting into it, but the fact that that was shown and how devastating that yeah. punch was, it could have it could have killed him. It could have yeah. you know, it could have gone he, back to his head. Well, he, now what, Draymond? Yeah,
1: I mean, that, I, I can't believe he, he wasn't hurt more. I mean, that could have been. Broken nose, broken orbit, bone, bo- yeah. broken. I, I played – my rookie year I played in Houston, and Rudy Tomjanovich uh, uh, went to the same high school as my dad, and he took me under his wing. And we talked one day about that punch. And, uh, you know, the difference is Rudy was running towards Kermit, even though he, he was going to break up the fight. This one, Draymond was running towards Poole. But, um, you know, Rudy said, you know, you know he, he – what do you think – when he first when he woke up, he thought the scoreboard fell on it. That's that's, that's that's what he felt. said. He thought that's the scoreboard then they then he said they took him back in, in the room and, and they walked Kermit back, you know, past that locker room because they're so close. And he tried to get up and, and get at him again. And the other thing he said was they took all my mirrors out of the hospital room because they didn't want me to see what my face looked like. But uh,
2: that's you know. that's that's really interesting. I I um I wrote a column on that. I know exactly where I wrote it, you know, what I said in that column, you know, and I went after Kermit. But in retrospect, when you look at that, look at the film, not his fault. He hears somebody, there's a fight going on. I think uh, Kuhnert was the one who was the one. Yes, Coonert Kuhnert. Kuhnert. Yes. Kuhnert,
1: Kuhnert elbowed uh, Kermit going down the floor. That's what there started, you go. Yeah.
2: So that's what stuck. So Kermit, who, by the way, you know, I I I liked him an awful lot. I, I like him an awful lot. I haven't seen him in a long time, but um, but I killed him in that column. And I'm I'm sorry. I think it was one of one of the mistakes of my of my career was doing that. And not I kind of fell into the pressure of everybody else. What what was being written? And um, hey, Rudy came charging out. What did he know? What was on? He didn't even know who it was. I mean, yep. all he hears is footsteps. And he's in the fight.
1: Yeah. And that's a problem with basketball fights because basketball players don't know how to fight. Most of them don't know how to fight. And, and, uh, you know, I was (laughs) I got my nose broken by Charles Oakley uh, and we were in a pushing match and my own teammate grabbed me from behind and locked my arms around me. So I was a sitting duck. And, you know, the rule is never grab your own guy. Always grab the other guy. But in the heat of the battle, you don't know what's going to happen.
2: So that that leads that leads to a story um Knicks the Knicks when they had Willis Reed they had some infamous fights yeah. you know one with the Lakers where he right. just cleaned the, the box, like three four Lakers he broke yeah. and was his nose he was knocking them into the hereafter <laughs> and then they had one in Atlanta I think the same year maybe and you know big boys in Atlanta they had some big boys mm-hmm. and uh Somebody on his team held him Yep. and he shook that guy off and he went, he went off on those guys. And he said exactly what you, you know, what you just said, yeah. don't hold me. You hold me. I'm going to hit you too.
1: Yep. Hold it. <laughs> you hold the other, you hold the other team. That's what you're supposed to oh, do.
3: Don't, yeah. That's how I grew up. <laughs> don't put your hands on me. Right. Well, here's the,
1: way, a, just
2: here's the me, end like, of that. Let me Here's just that. say to you, Paul. Oh. Let me say so. So, so uh, mention Willis. I I called Willis the other day, and he's living in Louisiana. And uh, I'm hoping I'll find out. You know, I could have called today. I'll call tomorrow. Talk to his wife, and I'm hoping to go visit him. Not to do a podcast, but I, you know, I covered him as a as a player. I covered him as a coach, a general manager. I really, I really love the guy. Uh, he's a year a year older than I am. And uh, he's had some health problems. And so I'm going to find out if I can go visit him in Louisiana. It's going to be, you know, a, a highlight of my career if I'm able to do that.
3: Peter, if you are able to see him, please tell him I said hello. Because, as you know, that's my general manager. He's the guy that single-handedly put, brought me to the Nets. and I'll Oh, really? Be forever, oh, yes, sir. Really? I'll forever be grateful. Forever be grateful.
2: No, I didn't I didn't know. I, I absolutely will. Yeah. And I'll say Paul's Paul's looking to fight him. I'll tell
1: him that. No, 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 no not not Willis Reed, not uh, Unsell, none of those dudes. No, no thank no, you. Not Oakley. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, tr- I only error. I only fought Charles's. I tra- I fought Charles Oakley and Charles Barkley. That's the only guys I fought.
0: No, no,
2: that's good. <laughs> not, not Charles Smith.
1: No, I didn't get him.
0: <laughs> hey, Mo, you were gonna ask
1: something. Oh no, I was, I was gonna no, add to no, that. That no,
3: was me.
0: Go ahead, Paul.
1: I was going to add to the end of the story that, you know, that I went to the hospital. My wife took me to the hospital and oh. the guy gets those big tongs out. They're going to straighten out my nose. And he oh. looks at my, my nose and he goes, damn, he broke your nose straight. You go home, and I'm like, oh. Oh, you didn't go down though.
3: You still tried really? to go back at him. Yeah, I didn't go really down. After but... you scraped his oh, head. Oh, yeah.
1: and uh, Nelly was yelling at me because I got blood on his tie. I'm like, yeah, you tried to go back at him. Oh yeah, yeah, one of those fish ties. It was, it was. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. That's like, like five bucks. Nelly, like, come on. I
3: thought <laughs> they came stained. <laughs> Peter, um, I know you haven't been keeping up with the NBA as much as you used to in the past. But the what you've seen so far as we how, how, what do you think about the league today? Does it remind you a lot of what you used to watch back in the '80s back in the well, '70s with the 80 well, you know,
2: you know it doesn't it doesn't i I, uh, I have a hard time watching I have a hard time you know putting up with the stuff that they allow uh you know the walking, the, the palm. traveling,
3: the palming yeah
2: I, I swear in all my in all my years, uh, I never saw palming <laughs> and they do it every dribble. It's every every dribble. Dribble. Breaks my heart. <laughs> Why is that allowed? I, I, I don't get it. Um, obviously, you control the ball a lot more where you're going to go. Um, so, you know, I'm not even though I'm an ABA guy, you know, I bleed red, white and blue. I am totally against how how the three pointer has just emerged as as the weapon, as the nuclear weapon. I, I get it. I mean, I, that's the strategy. So that's the way it's taught. Guys have become great shooters. It's amazing how 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 these guys can shoot. But a lot of the guys who can't shoot are given shots too, and the coaches don't seem to to jump on them and you know get them out of a game. But I you know look, I'm certainly a Curry fan, a Clay Thompson fan, a, you know. A, a, um, Hillard, I mean, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of, guys that have so much talent. You know, Ja, and uh, um, I, you know, go on and on. But uh, there, there, there are some great players. But uh, the, the game itself, a little, little, difficult to take. I've turned uh, off. What? I've turned off a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, what, what was your favorite uh, era, Peter?
2: I didn't have. Or do, or do you I, have? I had a my my favorite era was you know my column that day whether i broke a story or not that was yeah. <laughs> that's really all i cared about i i didn't root for teams uh i didn't root against teams though i definitely rooted against p- certain players like Lambeer. uh and i and i definitely rooted for players you know like julius and tiny and and bird and 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 uh and those guys but never never teams so oh. Hey Peter, can can you tell us a couple guys
1: that were great interviews and a couple guys that were the worst?
2: Well, the worst was easy. That, that was John Stockton. He was <laughs> he was absolutely the worst. But but um, you know I I've told this before, but you haven't heard it. So I, I NBC sent me out to Salt Lake City to do a feature. I would I would do two two features a week that were on either Saturday and Sunday or or halftime or. Before the game halftime so I'm out I go to Salt Lake City during the week I'm still having to write my columns while I'm traveling for NBC and I'm out there and you know it was his turn I had done Carl Malone he you know he was always really good um, there were a lot of good guys on that team Sloan was good for me but um, so he sit down and I ask him like three four questions and he's got nothing to say <laughs> nothing and I said turned off the camera, turned it off. And I said, look, John, I've flown out here thousands of miles to do this piece with you. And this is going to be a halftime piece. I said, you got to give me something. And he did. He did. I I remember, I remember we turned it back on. I remember him talking about him fighting his brother in the driveway of his house, you know, when, you know, when they were kids and stuff like that. So he gave me good, he really did give me good stuff. But then like, you know, you'd think that would be kind of a bond or something. And, and I tell people that like, I could, I, I could, I was out there a lot because they had good teams, you know, mm-hmm. we, were, we were covering them full time. And, and, uh, so I could walk by him in the hallway after practice or after a game, he he walked right by, he never said <laughs> <stayed> hello. <alone. laughs> and, and we went into, we went into the hall of fame the same year, 2009. Um, that was also Sloan and Jordan and, uh, uh Robinson um never said hello the whole
1: time you <laughs> did say hi there <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> only
2: one time I, and I told this during my during my during my speech that is uh, has become has become inf- was infamous and has stayed that way but but I told it about him he had broke the assist mark and I got to get this straight in my mark in my mind so we were out in uh Yeah, I think 95, we were out in uh, Arizona for the Hall of Fame, all staying at the same hotel. And I'm not going to be able to come up with the name, but I had written a line about when he when he broke the record that he gave it up more than Uh (laughs) a famous, famous famous woman. Well, what's her name? Uh, Anyway, she. Madonna. Madonna. Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Monroe, Madonna, I said he, Holy... <laughs> Gave it
2: up more than Madonna, and so I'm sitting with my my family at at the pool at the same hotel that we were all staying at, and he and his brother came over and he said that was a great
0: line, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was the extent of our <laughs> 15 years together. <laughs> Pete, I've worked in here in here in Detroit for the past 30 years. And Lambeer, he's beloved here, believe it or not. No, uh, oh, I believe it. And and, and and of course Isaiah. But going back to that dream team, what was your take on Isaiah not making that team? If well, re- well kind remember ask you some, some of that stuff. Let me ask you some, Ricky,
2: did you did you watch my podcast with Isaiah recently? No, I didn't. But I, I need know, to do you that. know, you should be ashamed of yourself to have me on here and and, <laughs> and not have seen that because I did an hour with him during the Hall of Fame, and uh, we we got we got into that big time, we got into it big time because I know a lot about what went on, and uh, I wound up I wound up branding you know Michael Jordan a liar, uh, Magic Johnson a liar, for saying for saying for claiming that they had anything to do with him not the dream team and the freeze
3: out Peter.
2: (laughs) Well, wait a minute. Let's do dream team. So he, he, they had nothing to do with that. It was a, it was a committee that voted and they didn't vote Isaiah on. And there was, I'm not going to get into the, the, the bottom line to it. I'm going to save that for my book, but those guys had no input. They weren't asked for some reason, you know, their egos are so, so huge that they, they feel that they, they have to say that they had something to do with Isaiah not making the team. They should be ashamed of themselves. First, first of all for saying it, he, he had made, as I pointed out in the interview with Isaiah, so there were three Magic, Magic and Bird had made the All-Star team 12 times going into that 92. Isaiah had made it 11. Nobody else was close. He also won two titles and came close to a came close to a third and maybe even a fourth. So he definitely deserved to be there instead of Stockton. You know, I see Pippen another guy who thinks that he had something to do with uh, with him not making it. Who who who's going to ask Scotty Pippen? Pippen was nobody back then. He was just on the rise, you know. He was just coming into his own. Nobody. Yes, yeah, Scotty, we're going to ask you who should be on the team. Hey, these guys are delusional, you know. So so for years, for how many years now, you know, Jordan has said, you know, he changes his mind every once in a while. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I did. You know, magic, you know, he thinks he did. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I, I'll go after them more in my book if I ever finish it, if I ever decide to finish it. But that's enough for now. And as far as the freeze out goes, again, that was my story. I hate, I hate to admit um, but as I told Isaiah during the during the interview, it was his agent, Dr. Tucker, Charles Tucker, Charles Tucker, who told me at halftime that Isaiah and those guys were freezing out Jordan. And instead of me trying to dissect it, and I'm not I'm not saying he didn't tell everybody else. He might have told everybody else, but I know that was my story the next day. And and instead of trying to figure it out, well. What happened? Well, let me try to figure out what happened. Did he really do it? You know, like what was going on out there? And, and if you look at the statistics, you look at who Isaiah was playing with, you look at Isaiah was not Isaiah Thomas of, you know, years later at that time. He was a young guy in the league playing on the same team with Moses and Bird. You know, those guys, Dominique, he didn't have any sway to do something like that. You know, and Gervin, I interviewed Gervin, too, for my podcast, and he talked about it. And he said, well, you know, Michael, you know, who was Michael back then? Michael was a rookie. He says, I, I lit him up.
3: He said, you know, you're 21 to seven.
2: Yeah. He's like, what what was he? Seven for 10, nine for 10, whatever. He he lit him up. He said, I was George Gervin, man. I was ice. You know, who was he? (laughs) He thinks, you know, so again, again, you know, Michael's delusional that he thinks, again, though, he'll say at some point, oh, I don't believe it. And he'll say, I do believe it. He believed that the next game they played, they played, the Bulls played the Pistons the very next game after the All-Star game. And, you know, and again, Isaiah was hurt in that game. He got hurt, hurt his hamstring in that game. So the next game they got to play. Against the Bulls, and he got forty nine on on the Pistons because he he really because people had come to him and said, "Hey, you know what they were doing," and he said, "Oh man, they embarrassed me." They blah blah blah. But he was three for nine. You know, yeah. no nobody nobody took a lot of shots. He 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 fouled. He was trying to guard Girvin. He was in foul trouble. You know, right away, two fouls on. Him, you know, so. Those those are the two things we talked about a lot. But I encouraged you to go to go listen to it because Isaiah we're really definitely. got into a lot of a lot of interesting things that I didn't know about, having to do with the Knicks. And I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, he really he really let let some stuff out about Larry Brown and stuff. And I, I'm shocked that more more people haven't haven't watched that because it's. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a, and, and Peter, we're no lies mean, what- told.
0: Where can we catch that? Because I'm going to put it on our comment page right now. Well, it's
2: on we the Retired Players Association. I work, I work for the Retired Players, and it's on their site, and it's under my my name, Hoop De Jour. I've done about 15 of them. You know, I've done some big big guy. I've done George good Gervin at the All Star Game in Cleveland. I did. I've done Jerry West and Oscar and Julius, and you know, I've gone after some some big timers, Dominique. Uh, again, I said i did dandridge I, I i really enjoy them. I did Pat Williams. I did a two part series with Pat williams last last couple of weeks. He was phenomenal. I mean the stories he knows he i mean you know you're talking to an historian I mean the guy knows everything about everything from you know the bulls from from no from Philadelphia when he first worked to Philly until Orlando through Orlando you know going through you know Chicago he built Chicago. It's amazing to me, the Hall of Fame. They they got him in as a a, a Gordon, what, a, George Bunn, John Bunn, whatever the guy's name, some some something they give you this. I think the guy worked for the Hall of Fame, so they give him an award. And and he's so Pat got that award. Pat Williams is a Hall of Fame contributor. I'm they glad have, they have <laughs> Nike guys. Nike guys are in the Hall of Fame as <laughs> contributors. Are you kidding yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. me? Hey, Pete, he's the one that drafted me, so I'm giving him nothing but love. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, I mean, Pat Williams, really, Philadelphia.
2: really, I mean, what he, he built a championship team in Philly. He built the Bulls up from no nothing, you know, and and, and they were competitive for how many years, you know, and, and, then, and then he goes to Orlando, and look what he did. In, he started the Orlando Magic. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> no. oh yeah he gets some bund or gun water whatever the hell it is <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Was- and, that, and to our viewers out there that I just posted it on our comment page uh who does with Peter Bessie uh so that's right there and I will definitely be checking that out thank you for that uh Peter I'm sorry Mo go ahead
1: yeah, Pat Pat was when I scouted for the for the Mavericks, I was an advanced scout. So I'm on the, on my own on the road. And you get to the arena early and you go into the media room and you get your food and stuff. He was always in the media room and he was always willing to talk and sit down and talk to you and spend time with you. What Absolutely. a great guy. What, Absolutely. And, and he know he knew you know stuff about basketball, but he knew stuff about life. I
2: mean, he was like
1: he was an encyclopedia.
2: Well, you know, he's had cancer, incurable cancer for 12 years. Uh, you can't, you can't, oper- inoperable and incurable, 12 years, and he's still alive. So what does man, that yeah. say? He's adopted yep. 25 mm-hmm. kids or something, most of yep. them from foreign countries, or maybe all from yep. foreign countries. Yes, sir. Yes. I mean, he's written like 100-something books, none of which I've read. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's honest. I mean, he really gave me great stuff on Shaquille O'Neal. On Penny Hardaway, um, he's he's really he, he's a he's a treasure and
3: a pleasure. He's one of the one of the nicest guys I ever met, and I'm yeah. being honest. Not even just talking about basketball. Just one of the right. nicest men I ever met, Pat Williams. Yeah. And I'm sending my prayers for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, he, he he's earned them, <laughs> and he's keep <laughs> and he keeps going and he keeps going. Now he's working on. Getting a, a baseball, a major league baseball team for the Orlando area. Now I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know he never stops, <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, but you're right though, Mo. But you guys were always in that uh, press room getting getting food. That's I noticed.
1: Cool. I noticed that. We didn't get. I made mean, I diddly you know Mark Cuban didn't pay his scouts worth crap so I had to eat for free try and get well, something for free and then yeah. take some back to the room when I do my report so I could get a snack you know did they, did they? oh yeah absolutely <laughs>
2: yeah because yeah, you know at the garden they would have stuff after the game too you could you could yep. bring it back but I, oh, I yeah. you know it was always you know what head coach was always in the press room always and he made a lot of money any Who's idea that? Sloan. Oh, oh <laughs> Sloan and Phil Johnson—they were in that room, man. I'm like when the when when the the arenas, you know. Harold Katz, the owner of Philly, was the first was the first owner to say enough enough for giving these media, uh,
1: people, you know,
2: make them make them pay I, for it.
1: I tell you <laughs> what, the best food was in in Utah, and with the Lakers, they had hot feds. The best food, I know that. Not
2: <laughs> not, not Madison Square Garden.
1: Uh, a little iffy but up there. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: <laughs> I know, because I, I just go out and get a hot dog or whatever from a stand because it's right yeah. by the, the, the booth there, the, the I room. I feel like one right now. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
3: what out. how much time we got, Ricky? We, we got about eight minutes. Well, I just want to, first of all, I want to tell Pete, Peter that I am uh, want to thank him for coming on this show. Uh, That's big. Uh, We've been pumping this show. Um, We've had a lot of basketball players on here, Uh, a few that you named, Oscar and Doc and George. Um, But I just want you to know how important you are. Uh, We talk about the sport of basketball, but there's so many other elements outside of the game. And you guys that do your writing and all that, you journalists and all you guys, sports writers, you deserve a lot of credit that, uh, oh, sometimes people wait. don't seem to give you,
2: wait, wait a minute. So you're giving me credit. And now you're going to
3: lump me in with everybody else. Right, I'm giving <laughs> you credit. Yeah. I got I don't like to separate because all you guys and ladies do a good job. Um, so, you know, <laughs> one day, one day people going to love what you say. The next day they're not going to love it. So, uh, it balances out. But I know a lot of times you guys and ladies aren't told, um, how important and how appreciated you are. So I'm one of those guys that want to make sure that you understand that. And I want to thank you sincerely. Did you, thank
2: you very much. Did you guys, did you guys uh, appreciate it when women came in the locker room? Was that a
3: problem? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't like it. uh,
1: (laughs) No, I just was thinking about some certain person in, uh, W- with the Washington Bullets, that was in that locker room, and it wasn't a woman. But anyway, let's go on to something else. <laughs> I, you know,
2: I, I know exactly. <laughs> I, you I think you that
1: know night. exactly. I That's you know, a, I yeah, know that so exactly. Wild, Paul. Yeah, you know. You do I had, <laughs> I had
2: dinner. I had dinner recently. I, I live in Saratoga now, and I had dinner recently with Leslie Visser, oh. who um, you know was was maybe maybe she was the first uh, woman in locker rooms and stuff. And I I I I stayed. Apart from her, I, most 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 media people, I didn't I didn't hang out with anybody unless we we were playing basketball and stuff like that. But so I had never really known her, and we got together because of the horses up here in Saratoga. And so she was telling stories, you know, about about being the first woman in the locker room, and not only basketball but football and stuff. But I I really first another reason she you know she was married to to Stockton you know, for, for many, Dick many stock- years, big stock,
0: big
1: stock
2: for many. Yeah. Not John, John wouldn't have talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> but I always stayed away from her too. Cause she was really pretty. And, uh, so I, you know, I said, Oh, you know, I was married. And,
1: yeah, you know what? But, I mean, when that, I, I was there when it first started happening, and you know what guy you know, guys really didn't didn't bother. I mean, you're either going to be, you're going to do two things. You're going to cover up more or you're just going to let it hang more. <laughs> and that's right. what they did, you know? And then it's up, a, 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 you know, up to the person to decide how, how to deal with that. But, uh, you know. Right.
0: Hey, hey Peter, we, we always get into, and we don't do it on this show, the best ever, the all-time greats. But who were some of the guys that you really appreciated
2: Watching play the game, I think we could all we could all guess who those are. I mean, look, my favorite player was was Bird and Julius. You know, Julius Julius again played for me in the Rucker, covered him in the ABA, was the best man at my wedding. Um, I, I again I feel sorry for people who never saw him play in the ABA or saw him out on the courts in, at, at Rucker Park. I mean, every possession was just unbelievable you know if he got the ball and and of course they were looking for him he you know he get the rebound one of those one of those forwards to just get the rebound and take it up court and then he'd start twisting and turning and you know everything was an innovation and and, uh, um, you know he just he would just you couldn't guard it he could do either hand and you know so all that stands out in my mind. Now you, you saw that in the ABA also. Kevin Lockery, who's coach of the Nets, just let him go. He stole, he stole my play, which I' say to this day, you know, and <laughs> I would call it timeout. you know it's coming." So, so I'd, call, I'd call timeout, you know, tough time of a game, and I'd say, "Hey, get the ball to Julius." Lockery stole
1: away. Lockery stole that.
2: He, that's what he did. yeah get the hell out of the way right
1: (laughs) and
0: so Uh he was
2: allowed to do that but you know when he he told me on my part on the podcast that when he got to Philly Pat Williams told him you know we did not get you to be that that player and he was kind of shocked by that and and he and he was you know inhibited by it actually because they Mm -hmm. you know they had George McGinnis and and they had other players. That you know, Doug Collins was on that team. They had scorers. Lloyd Free was on it, and um, and so he never. Well, you know, occasionally he would. You know, certain games he would. But I remember uh, the All Star game in that year in '77. Uh, it was in Milwaukee, and uh, he won the MVP. And maybe maybe he shouldn't have. There were there were other guys that had really good games, but he won the MVP. And his wife, Turquoise, his ex-wife, Turquoise. We all have ex-wives. Um, I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, not all of uh, us. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Most <company>. of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I went to her and, you know, I said, what, what do you think? You know, what do you think of the game? She said, well, that's the first time I've seen Julius play this year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, and yeah. that
2: was... Well, you know, I went high on that quote,
0: <laughs> that led my
2: column the next day. So, you know, he was he was upset about uh, he never said it. He never said it. he never would go out and say it. He, that's not the kind of guy he was, but his wife would. And when I interviewed him, I said to him, I said, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, you would feed me information. That, you know, I was the inside of what was going on. And we both know that was not true. You would you know, you give me great quotes and stuff, but not not inside info. And I said, but I didn't need you, doc. I had your wife.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I, I played for a long time, coached for a long time and, and my wife and I have been married for 41 years. And, you know, we've met, you know, from, from, you know, Jordan to bird to to uh, uh, entertainers, to actors, to the Eagles to whoever. And the most, the person she is most impressed with and enjoyed meeting the most was Dr. J out of all of them.
2: Wait,
3: not, not Don Henley. Come on, no, no.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, Ricky.
3: Hey, Pete. What, Pete. Oh, oh. Hey, Ricky. I'm gonna have to get ready to get off. Um, I okay. got, a, I got, I got. I have an appointment at eight thirty. So okay. oh, oh, really? Pete, I want, I want to thank you first of all. Yeah, I got some young people here from out of town that I'm gonna go train. You're welcome. So, You're yeah, welcome. and really. I just want to thank you and Rick and Paul. I'll talk to you guys again okay. soon. Good, okay. Good. Okay. And Peter, we're, we're, we're... gonna. go ahead, Pete. Rick, go ahead. No, I just wanted to tell the listeners on thank them for tuning in. Uh, this show is only going to only get better, and we started off great start today with Mister Peter Vesey.
0: <laughs>
3: so I'm to tell baby. everybody have a great night and Stay Peter. Healthy. It's a pleasure. To, I hope I talk to you again. Stay hydrated, good, sir. <laughs> Take care. Take care. <laughs> you said you said.
2: 41 really? years with you, Mo, huh? 41. I was married 42 when I got divorced.
0: Oh.
1: Hey, 20 20
0: here, baby. 20 here. Wow. Peter, we got, we got five more minutes, and and we'll, we'll let you uh, get out of here. But, man, you, you talk about the ABA. I, I went to school in Richmond, Virginia Union, and we could go to ABA games Five bucks,
1: man. That's the first. You I mean, those five bucks were
0: tough, but <laughs> if you got in there, you uh, got to see some tremendous basketball.
1: As a kid growing up in L.A., i, I that's the first basketball. That's the first actually not, you know, college or pro game I went to was the, the Los Angeles uh, Stars, the uh, ABA team. Yeah, that's Matt the first Calvin. Team. Matt, yep, Calvin.
3: Matt, yeah. Matt Calvin.
1: Matt uh, yeah. Calvin, Bob Weiss, uh, some other guy, Yeah. I was mesmerized. Well, of course, like most kids, I was mesmerized with that basketball and uh begged my dad to buy one so I could shoot in the backyard with it. And and he did. But they made a yeah.
2: mistake. The league made a mistake not not incorporating the uh the ball. They could have sold oh, millions, man. millions of them. Let me yeah. let me tell you a Richmond story to end this all, okay? So, you know, Squires played regionally, right? You know, yeah. it was Ham- Hamptons or you know, where was the scope? Hampton, scope.
0: Norfolk. No
2: so they had three different Richmond was another yeah. one. So there was a um a friend of mine was working for a drug rehabilitation place in Richmond and uh, Ray Scott and I agreed to bring down players to play in an all-star game for for the uh, the the uh, rehab place. And and so we we brought down we we had a hell of a I mean Rick Barry came and you know Julius and Charlie Scott we we had a great Great turnout, and you know maybe you know ten thousand people or so made some money for it, so after the game uh, the party and everything in the hotel and and uh, the guy who was in charge of the rehab he he called me called me into his office, you know, and he thanked me and stuff, and uh you know no problem, and he handed me a a, a pound of grass <laughs> <laughs> and That's then,
1: a, they have the best stuff ever.
2: <laughs> and then I found and then I found out that Ray Scott also got the pound. I said, well, I gave mine back, Ray, what did you do with yours? So, and then and then years later, not until recently recently i was, I was interviewing Wally Jones with something, and Wally played that game and we were t- I was laughing about yeah, you know, I was telling him he says, I got a pound too. <laughs> it's just
1: a little thank you
0: yeah <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> hey, hey, Peter! Man, you gotta write the book, man. Go on and finish it up, bro. Yep. I just gave you everything.
1: No, there's a lot more. I know there's a lot more.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're gonna get out hey. I, who do you like? Who you like making a run to the title? No, I don't. I have you? no
2: idea. Somebody asked me that today. I, you know, who who knows? I don't think it's gonna be the Warriors. I think it's gonna be a new. T- I, I love. I loved last year all the young talent that that Memphis had that uh, New Orleans had you know and now New Orleans you know is is, is got Zion. you know it's like hey those young guys man especially Memphis i mean they they believe although they, they lost a couple to free agency i was sorry to see that i wanted to see that team stick together they were tough you know even when morant was out you know they were yeah. tough
1: you know you know it used to be uh, in the playoffs, especially, and it's been for a long time, experience wins playoff series, bar none. Now that I think that's changed because injuries affect playoff series so much more, and young people get hurt less than old people. Believe me, I know that. So good, good I, I agree with you. I think a young team might pop up this year and win it all.
2: You know that 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 goes for what happened in in the Phoenix series. You know, Chris Chris Paul was hurting, yeah, and, and so. um yeah, they I mean, had a great season. I mean, you know, the Suns, do you think the Suns and the Dodgers have something in common? At least the Suns, you know, got a little further than the Dodgers
0: did. <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, thank you so much, man. And, and to, to get the hoop du jour with Peter Bessie, uh, you can go to Legends legendsofbasketball.com. Type in Hoop Desure with Peter Bessie. And Peter, I'm definitely going to check out uh, those uh, those podcasts. Yeah, especially I mean, you're one with Isaiah. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, sir.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate it, Peter. Really appreciate it, man.
2: Yeah, we appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. All right, and man. Derek
0: Girvin. By time we talked. man. That's yes,
1: fine. yes. We need to talk more. You need to do a podcast with some old bench guys like this guy. There you go. There
0: you go. Well,
2: let's, well, Derek's gone. Let's get rid of him.
0: Yeah, he's out.
1: He's out. <laughs> Here we go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> leave early. Here I am. All right. For Thank Derek
0: Gervin, Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. Thank you so much, Peter Bessie. The great Peter Bessie. See you next Monday. Peace, everybody. Peace. Later.